What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're talking all things recruiting with our buddy John Garcia, Jr. from Sports Illustrated. We'll go all across the SEC and talk about all the good things and bad things happening in recruiting. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, without further ado, we're going to jump right into it and welcome in our guy, John Garcia, Jr. from Sports Illustrated. John, I know you've been so busy flying all over the country. We appreciate you taking some time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good to be back home ahead of the season. And, yeah, we're just counting down. But, of course, you know, recruiting never really takes those kind of breaks. So here we are. It doesn't, man. There's always something going on, and particularly here, you know, we get to talk about all the schools across the SEC. And I want to start here because I saw you just put out your article ranking the best classes up at SI.com right now, and uh, you know, a couple of the other uh, places out there agree. Alabama now the number one class in a lot of the composite rankings and all that. Uh, they flipped the tight end Tyler Lockwood from Ohio State. They picked up a five-star safety in Caleb Downs this past week. Add a couple uh, stud running backs in Justice Haynes and Richard Young, but Talk a little bit about what Nick Sibbett and Alabama have been doing. Yeah, just a far cry, Chris, from a couple months ago where Bama fans were DMing me like, should I be worried that Nick Saban's <laughs> getting too old? And I, every year I'm like, no, let's let's not worry about that. And yeah, it's been emphatic lately for Alabama. It, it, it seems almost personal. And that's that's kind of how we wrote it up yesterday when we debuted our, our class rankings for the cycle. Uh, it seems like that combination of the spat with Jimbo Fisher – and then losing Peter Woods, the, the top in-state player to Clemson, those two things, I don't know if it's true, feel like catalysts for this, this Bama revenge tour that they always seem to go on when they lose the national title. It's on the field where they're the preseason number one, and certainly we're seeing it in recruiting. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of banner wins in this class. Flipping an Ohio State tight end commitment from Ohio – that feels really big, and it is. Ty Lockwood could absolutely play, and, and that's one of those positions that Bama has not recruited at the tippy top. And maybe it's one of the few at this point in, in, in the Nick Saban era where you know there's still a little bit more to be desired there for, for Alabama. For every O.J. Smith or O.J. Howard, it seems like there's a drop-off every couple of years. So I think that's an interesting position to focus on and flip from a school that, that has been a little bit more productive at the position. So that was big, uh, but obviously – going head-to-head with Kirby in the state of Georgia for Atlanta-area guys and legacies to UGA and winning battles for Caleb Downs and and Justice Haynes, just about as strong optically as you could get. I mean, Caleb Downs, everybody knows, for two, three years now, just clearly one of the best football players in the United States, a guy who it felt like it was always going to be Georgia or Alabama. Um, so so to win that battle, huge. But I think optically the bigger win was Haynes, a, a guy who obviously is a Georgia legacy, um, a running back in that state where you just, you know, running back's one of those positions you just expect Georgia to win 
those type of battles, even against Alabama. So I think that regard was was a huge win optically. And then you immediately pair him with maybe the number one running back in the country in Richard Young, who had a lot of buzz to Oregon leading right into that decision. So again, it just if it's national, it, it's star power. And most importantly for Bama, it's filling needs. There's a lot, been a lot of turnover in the running back room over the last few years there. They just brought in a transfer for this year who we think is going to be one and done there in, in Jameer Gibbs. So there's a lot to be desired in that room going forward. So, yeah, an emphatic number one class uh, that also has a great secondary hall and and the quarterback hall, two quarterbacks. Only two teams have two quarterbacks on board, and, and Bama's group is as good as anyone with Dylan Lonergan and Eli Holstein, another pair of prospects that had a whole lot of SEC interest before picking the Tide. Yeah, for all those people who jumped on, oh, Saban's complaining because he's losing a Jimbo recruiting. Well, that didn't last long, and here comes Nick Saban with the number one class yet again. Um, You mentioned Georgia. I know you have them number five in your rankings right now. Losing guys to Bama, but they're still loading up in this class. They got a big-time safety recently in Jonel um, Aguero, and then they also added son of Todd Bowles, head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, linebacker Troy Bowles. Uh, What do you like about those guys? Yeah, two two guys who we could see lining up next to each other in my mind in Athens. I, I think Bowles is one of the more modern, complete linebacker recruits out there. Obviously, like you said, the son of a, a longtime defensive coordinator and NFL head coach, you just know when it comes to positional versatility that he's going to have it. An absolute beast in coverage, a physical playmaker who can separate the ball from its intended target. I've seen him play safety and come off the hash and make an interception on the sidelines. This is a complete football player uh, at the next level. And then Aguero, kind of a throwback, big physical defensive back who I think has some nickel abilities. Saw him a bunch at IMG Academy last year. And at times, he was the best DB on the field. And we know what kind of talent IMG Academy presents. And he did that as a corner at over 200 pounds, just not something we see a whole lot of in this day and age. So I thought both of those were major recruiting wins. Bowles, you beat Bama for, so a little counter to some of those losses. And, and certainly uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State were high on his list. And then Aguero, another big Ohio State target. Um, Miami had surged at one point as well. Uh, so Georgia still certainly on the defensive side of the ball still has that kind of juice uh, to go head-to-head with anybody. But going back to Bowles, I think him and Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen, you're talking about maybe the best linebacker core uh, being brought in by any school to date in this class of 2023. Raylan Wilson, the, the flip from Michigan, uh, you know, to add more sting to, to the Michigan fan base uh, from that playoff game, an absolute stud out, out of Tallahassee, runs as well as any linebacker we've scouted in this class. So, at least on that side of the ball, all is, is plenty well at, at UGA. Some question marks on offense, you know, missing on Arch Manning, punting on the quarterback position, maybe a little more desire at, at running back and receiver. But you get the sense that it's going to kind of work itself out in the end for the Bulldogs. And, and let's be honest, the top five class is nothing to be disappointed in at this stretch. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the two new guys on the block, Billy Napier and Brian Kelly, are doing work. We're going to talk about them in just a second when we continue with our guy, John Garcia. But first, need to remind you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster 
and for free. You can create a, a free job post in minutes at LinkedIn Jobs. Reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It is the place you need to head to get your job postings up right now. Continue our recruiting conversation with our buddy John Garcia, Jr. from Sports Illustrated. And, John, uh, the two new kids on the block, Brian Kelly and Billy Napier, doing some work. We'll start with LSU first as they picked up some new additions lately. Wide receiver Jalen Brown out of Miami, offensive tackle Tyree Adams out of New Orleans. But some names to watch. I know five-star wide receiver Shelton Sampson's going to make his announcement this weekend. A lot of people think LSU's in a good spot there. And then a guy you mentioned a few weeks ago, quarterback Ricky Collins, was a name to watch. Was a Purdue commit, no longer a Purdue commit. And the writing seems to be on the wall there that he may be heading to LSU. Yeah, that latter point, really big for the Tigers. Obviously, you know, the top two quarterbacks in the state pretty much by everyone are Arch Manning and Eli Holstein, and both of them eventually will be SEC competition, right? Arch to Texas, of course, and Eli committed to Alabama. So, yeah, it's a great year at quarterback in Louisiana, and you couldn't miss on the third guy. But this was no layup for Brian Kelly and company. This is something that they've had to dig their heels in on because at the Elite 11, Ricky was saying all the right things about Purdue. No more visits. I'm done. I'm going to go play uh, for Coach Brom up there in, in West Lafayette. But but they never slowed down. Uh, and obviously, Ricky is semi-local, you know, Baton Rouge kid uh, to campus. So you got to keep pushing for that type of talent in particular. And, yeah, I do believe uh, that LSU is in the driver's seat now that he has publicly decommitted from Purdue. So that's potentially huge down the line. And it, it's it, it brings me to the bigger picture of this class is strong nationally uh, for LSU. Top 15, doing really well out of state in Texas, coming down to Florida. Jalen Brown, my goodness, huge pickup. One of the fastest players at any position in the country and going head to head with Miami, who's another you know hot team with a new coach for Miami kid. No easy task. A lot of people have failed in that pursuit, but LSU wins that battle. So so that box is kind of checked from the Brian Kelly standpoint. But a lot of folks have been like, hey, what about the Louisiana kids? So to get the offensive tackle on board, there's a couple more linemen in, in Louisiana as well that look like LSU's in the driver's seat for. So to now counter the national approach with the local one, maybe Shelton Sampson jumps in. Certainly Ricky Collins would be good for perception. I think that is where you start to complete kind of the the reasoning for bringing in a Brian Kelly. That will push you into top 10 territory, from a class standpoint and maybe more importantly, answer the larger question where people were like, how was Brian Kelly going to recruit Louisiana? You know, that, that was still something we hear about pretty consistently. So checking some of those boxes, I think will be just as big as some of those national battles that LSU has already won before, you know, Kelly's first game in, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, it turns out it doesn't matter if he eats gumbo or not. Can you recruit? Can you sell him on football? And that's what they're doing there at LSU. The other new kid on the block, Billy Napier at Florida. I know they were, 
There was some Florida fans concerned there. I was hearing from them for a couple weeks. Miami, we're losing all these recruits. What's going on? Florida's really picked it up these last couple weeks. Aiden Mizell, big-time wide receiver. Jakeem Jackson, the corner committed. Uh, some big, big-time talent jumping into this Gators class now. Yeah, and a lot of Miami targets, right, including former Miami commitment Andy Jean, who's a Miami native at wide receiver, uh, bringing in uh, along with Mizell, which all of a sudden this Gator receiver core class looking pretty darn good. Eugene Wilson, maybe a top five slot in the country for next cycle as well. So really nice group of pass catchers coming to Gainesville. And, and yeah, they've countered some of that perceptional momentum that they had lost, uh, you know, really compared to Miami, right? Jaden Rashada was was kind of the rock bottom moment when, when he looked like he was a Gator only to push back the decision to, to pick the Hurricanes. But since then, not only have you filled up on some of these other positions, but you've gotten a quarterback as well. You flipped Marcus Stokes from Penn State. He's an in-state kid from the same high school as Tim Tebow. So, so that will be fun optically to look at going forward, although he's totally different than Tim. Uh, rocket arm, a kid with with really strong um, lateral ability as an athlete at the quarterback position, not much of a runner. So don't, don't make those comparisons, but certainly something optically Gators fans should enjoy. And it satisfies a big need at the quarterback spot. If, if Anthony Richardson, and I'm sure you've talked about this, if he's as good as, a lot of people think he will be, then he might be an NFL player in a year. So there's a whole lot of question marks after him from a depth chart perspective. So hitting on quarterback, I thought was really critical for Billy Napier in year one, which is not easy to do when you haven't even presented really what your offense will be uh, in the swamp. So I thought that was a really big win after some big losses at the quarterback position there. So yeah, everything's trending the right way for UF top 15 class, still many targets, um, you know, to be determined here later in, in the state of Florida at some critical spots, whether it's pass rusher defensive line or, or in the secondary, which is always important, you know, in any conference, but certainly in the sec. Another sec school that I know you're very high on number nine in your rankings, the Tennessee volunteers. Uh, this class is filling up quick, quickly. They added wide receiver, Nathan Leacock safety, Jack Luttrell. They're not 19 commits, uh, do, can we expect the Vols to maybe start getting a little selective here with this class starting to fill up quickly? I think so. What's interesting about this class too, Chris, is, you know, you got Nico Iamaliava, this national headline grabber in the spring. So you just started to expect, okay, hey, offensively, especially when you think about Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker and company, offensively, this thing's about to roll for Tennessee, but it really wasn't the case. It was a little slow for a moment there. They're picking it up now offensively, but really defensively is where Tennessee's been really, really strong uh, since the spring months. And that's why they've got a top 10 class on their hands at this juncture. Elite pass rushers have been brought in from in-state and out, which is really critical, again, to, to any defense in this day and age of college football. They've supplemented it with great defensive backs, including some wins out of state. You went into Kentucky and got the best DB in Kentucky, went into Mississippi of all places, and got the best safety in Mississippi in John Slaughter. So I think the defensive class at Tennessee has been one of the more surprising groups we've seen being assembled. And now the offensive prospects are catching up a little bit to the point where, like you said, Chris, maybe the Vols are a little bit selective here. And they can, you know, pin down a running back, which is a big need. And rounding out the offensive line is another crucial point uh, from this point on if you're a Tennessee fan. So you can do that during the season, allow those senior seasons throughout high school football 
to help dictate the pecking order on the board. And, and you try to host them in Neyland and execute from there. And I think Tennessee's got a chance to stay in the top 10 all the way through, which is probably a surprise relative to the expectations, you know, a few months ago. It's funny, over at College Station, John, they were, I mean, hanging banners. We signed the number one greatest recruiting class ever. And then they kind of started to look ahead, that fan base, and went, wait a minute, we're a little slow out of the gates here for 2023. We we went all in on 2022. What are we doing for 2023? Now we're starting to see some big dominoes to fall, the, particularly the big one, Anthony Hill, the stud linebacker that was down to Longhorns or Aggies. He chooses the Aggies. Big-time get for Jimbo Fisher for next year's class. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, quite quite the roller coaster from the Aggie recruiting perspective. But I think they've gotten four commitments in the last week or so. So it, it's picking up, as we expected, eventually in College Station. But there's no doubt, Chris, that Hill is, is the biggest get of the bunch. Just a, a developed and kind of ready line, college-ready linebacker. I mean, he is 6'2", uh, 225, 230 pounds, just physical downhill and he's got this control about his game that I really love. You know, he does have the instincts and play recognition to come downhill and make sacks and tackles for loss like you would expect. But there's this control that he just plays within himself, which if you talk about SEC football and linebacker play in particular, you've got to be disciplined, right? RPO game, play action, counter stuff is so prominent in every offensive program's game plan that you've got to be a disciplined and controlled player on defense so it's not as flashy maybe as some other players but the production is still there and the size is there on top of it so i love kind of the floor of what anthony hill brings uh, to college station and he's coming from a banner program in the state as well denton ryan another one that is just one of those schools you just know about in the state of texas so i think optically that that helps as well as you look to move forward in, in the rest of this class of 23 but yeah things finally i guess as some there would say are picking up in college station one more segment with John Garcia. When we come back, we're going to touch on Arkansas, South Carolina, and big concerns for Auburn. We'll talk about that in just a second with John Garcia. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And there is a new flavor. It is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. The cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like we said, covered in 100% real chocolate. The joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it is healthy for you. The cookie dough chunk puffs, only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein packed in there. Head to Built.com right now. Snag a box for you and the family. And when you do so, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Again, you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar for you. They taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugars. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. Bringing in our guy, John Garcia Jr., back in. And, John, uh, quick thought on Arkansas. I saw they're now up to 23 commits. Cornerback Jalen Braxton committed recently. Uh, defensive end Brad Spence. Davion Dozier, the wide receiver. But it seems like, man, the signing day could be today, and Arkansas would feel good about this class without even having to add another player. Yeah, that's a great point. I love the quarterback as well. Malachi Singleton really had a good showing at the Elite 11, and that's really what this class presents, right? It's it's kind of full. It's balanced. You've got a great tight end group coming in. Maybe the two best players in the class not named Malachi Singleton uh, are going to play that tight end position. Um, and and as, as you would expect 
under Sam Pittman, just kind of in general, a whole lot of big guys coming in. You know, the offensive line class is pretty much an, an entire offensive line. The D-line group is already big as well. Uh, I believe 10 of the 23 are, are big boys up front. So kind of the, the nice blend of balance, but also traditional Arkansas recruiting class, uh, kind of what you would expect under Sam Pittman. But there's some gems uh, across this group, wh- whether it's two-way guys like a Micah Tease or high IQ defensive backs like TJ Metcalf, who you beat Ole Miss for as an Ole Miss legacy. I thought that was really impressive uh, of a win for Arkansas there. And, and yeah, this class is right outside of the top 10 as as nearly a finished product. So, again, another school like Tennessee where you're you're recruiting above expectations, even coming, coming off of a very promising on-field product. I, I don't think Arkansas fans felt like, hey, we got a chance at a top 10 group right after this, but that's where they sit right now. So you, you got to commend – the entire staff there. And again, it's balanced both sides of the football. Well represented. It's not just linemen and running backs that, that are <laughs> clamoring for, for the hogs. It's, it's pretty much every position. Shane Beamer and South Carolina really been, been an active summer for them. They're really starting to load up, particularly in the trenches. You get Marquis Anderson just joined this class, big time recruit. Matek Rames on the D line, Jitavia Shivers on the O line. Uh, what do you like about some of those guys? Like you said, the, the trenches are looking SEC ready uh, in Columbia, which is always important. And then you've sprinkled in some big wins with the skill guys, which is I think where South Carolina has has been one of those sneaky programs that has had some consistency both in the secondary and on offense with some big time players that have ended up, you know, as all conference and eventual NFL guys. Love the Dontavious Braswell pickup. I uh, hadn't really studied him much until this spring when he broke out at, at the Atlanta Under Armour camp. And he was one of the best pass-catching running backs that we saw at the event. So I thought that was a really nice win uh, uh, for USC there uh, as well. So I, I think this class is really coming together. I think they're up to 15 or 16 verbal commitments. Still question marks around the quarterback position. But basically everywhere else we're seeing a, a whole lot of volume coming in. I think quarterback, the defensive line, probably the spots where you want to see a little bit more consistency going forward but there's a lot of targets that that are seemingly close to decisions uh here coming up uh for the Gamecocks there as well but yeah I think everyone especially after visiting South Carolina this summer kind of understands the buzz and the hype around Shane Beamer that energy is is a bit palpable and and they're winning not only in the pipeline regions right you got to win the state you got to go down into Georgia I think those are probably the the primary pipelines but Florida has five future Gamecocks, you know, in the state right now. And that's not something I would have expected in looking at this class of 23. And some of those are major, major wins, like Pup Howard, the linebacker from Jacksonville. Uh, he was considered a lean elsewhere, but before South Carolina started getting him on campus very frequently. So I thought um, some of the outside of the box recruiting territories have been impressive for Shane Beamer as well. John, whenever we get you on around this time is when we go to our mailbag and uh, take listener uh, questions from listeners. And overwhelmingly, the last few weeks, John, I've gotten emails and DMs from Auburn fans concerned. <laughs> what is going on? Why do we, you know, as if this recording, still only five hard commits for the class of uh, 2023. And you know, I, I pose it as quality over quantity they've got four or five really good guys all four star recruits so it's not like you're just loading up on a bunch of three stars that you think eh, might make yep. the roster or not but where are we with auburn why are we only at five names right now i know you know last week i saw they get two more four stars oh wait those are for 2024 not even for this right. class but what's going on with auburn 
Yeah, a little bit of a slow start there. I, I do agree that there is a lot of quality there. Jeremiah Cobb in state, huge win. Kid was was all over the Clemson Tigers and picked Auburn straight up, which is a hat tip to Cadillac Williams there on the staff. Wilkie Donat, you know, you lose a big in-state defensive end, Keldrick Falk to Florida State, and then you go to Florida and beat Florida State for a good pass rusher in Wilkie Donat recently as well. So some nice wins and, and some early 2024 traction is, is really strong, but obviously you need more volume in this class of 23. Um, you lose out on Brock Glenn, which, you know, his name is Auburn Brock Glenn. So that optically does not play very well as you're still in search of, of a quarterback uh, for the cycle, which is a big need in my mind. And I think it goes to the larger picture there at Auburn because people want to see what's going to happen on the field. You know, if this is a team that is slow to start, or potentially, you know, 500 late in the season, there's a lot of chatter, and, and the offseason taught us this because it seemed like there was um, a coup to, to fire Brian Harson at one point. That stuff resonates, and that perception travels to, to coaches, to parents, and other folks that are around the program that creates pause and hesitation for some of these even in-state targets to a degree. So I think the season is going to go a very, very long way towards dictating – not only what this Auburn class will look like, but obviously what Harson's future in town will look like. Um, the, the good thing for Auburn on that front, the state of Alabama is loaded. This is the best group maybe we've ever scouted in 10 plus years in the state of Alabama. You're in it for major prospects within state lines that are in no rush to make a decision. So I think those are good positives for the Tigers. And you know, everybody's senior season from a high school level is still ahead of them. So you can allow some of these late bloomers uh, to, to become big time targets later uh, in the cycle. So I do think Auburn would still present as an intriguing option for some of those late risers later in the year, provided of course, that things are going decently well on the field, but uh, it's tough in the sec West. And, and I think the media projected them last. So a lot of people see that and pounce on it when it comes down to the nitty gritty in recruiting. So I think for Harson, it's it's going to come down to what we've been saying forever, quarterback play and that on-field presentation. And then it will trickle down into recruiting from there if it's positive. Last one for you real quick, John. Kentucky, um, you know, they were kind of the opposite of Auburn. They were loading up. They got 14 commits. But I've been hearing from some of their fan base, eh, it's a lot of three stars. Where's the special talent? Well, just this week, a big special talent, a big linebacker, and Grant Godfrey uh, commits to them. They just got uh, a wide receiver a couple weeks ago in uh, Anthony Brown. So they're starting to get some more of the high-end caliber talent in this class. Yeah, I, I think I understand that frustration a little bit from the UK fan base because in the East, you know, outside of Georgia, they're their own category at this point. You know, Florida has had their run of momentum. Tennessee has had their run of momentum. We're, we're seeing South Carolina's right now. So, yeah, you don't want to be relegated to the Vanderbilt, Mizzou, I guess, category of of recruiting at this point. And I think there's there's been a lull there, especially losing some head-to-head battles with Tennessee, who most people associate as really the biggest recruiting rival for UK, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But things have rebounded since that point, and I think the stability and high expectations around UK will will kind of take care of itself when it comes to recruiting. It's not a big off-season destination compared to some of these other programs. It's a whole lot of let's see what you do on the field, and, and if the last few years have been any um, indicator, things are going to be quite fine there at UK. I wouldn't worry about it too much, but you certainly want to see momentum at least play consistently, even if it's not uh, at the highest of highs at, at any point during the offseason. But for, for the Kentuckys of the world, blue collar type of programs of the world, a lot of it comes during the season. We, we 
you hear about this at Wisconsin and Iowa and, and some of these other places. Penn State doesn't have a lot of buzz right now, but once the season gets going, kids get to campus, see some of that atmosphere, competition, et cetera, it naturally you know, kind of corrects itself later in the cycle. So I think UK is going to be just fine. John Garcia, our in-house recruiting expert from SI.com. Always appreciate the time, man, and uh, remind our listeners where they can find your stuff. Yeah, fresh class rankings up right now at SI.com slash college. We'll have our player rankings come out next week uh, as well. So check us out, SI.com slash college. Can't wait, John. Appreciate the time as always, man. We'll do it again very soon. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right, that is John Garcia Jr. from SI.com. And, of course, he's presented by LinkedIn Jobs. And a reminder, you can go check them out. Uh, if you need, if you have a uh, job posting and you want to get it seen, head on over to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That is the spot to go. And, of course, follow John on Twitter, at John Garcia underscore Uh, John Garcia underscore junior on Twitter to keep up with all his recruiting stuff. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts all along the Locked On Podcast Network. Just about every SEC school covered. You like LSU. You like South Carolina. You like A&M. Whoever it is, Auburn, Florida, we've got you covered. Wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked On, your favorite school, and you will find them there. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow, back here five days a week here on Locked On SEC. Talk to you guys tomorrow.